The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shah i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Pike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins, Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Love is blind. Love is blind. Sorry. Love is single. Love should be single. (laughs) After that show, love should be single. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. But you did that nightmare of a Uh show. And then you jumped into these reunions and other shows. So it must have been restful for you. (laughs) I'm going to say something very controversial. I enjoyed watching 10 episodes of Love is Blind on one day more than watching one hour of Heather and Lisa fighting with each other on the Salt Lake City reunion. Oh my god. Okay. That is something because I truly hated that show. (laughs) I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk about it with you and tell you exactly why. You want to do it now? Let's do it. Tell me why you hated that show. Because I hate relationship shows. I don't watch The Bachelor for the same reason. I don't watch dating shows. I think it's filled with vapid, nonsensical people (laughs) trivializing trivializing relationships. And the fact that these idiots actually end up getting married. Like, what? (laughs) 
How is and and so coming from a culture where we do arrange marriages and the stigma that uh, yes. that is under, like arrange marriages. Oh, you met him a couple of times and you decided yeah. to get married. And how can that happen? On top of that, we know this arranged marriage business, it's much, very much like Love is Blind, where you meet multiple people, like a dating show. Yeah. And then you end up marrying one. But the meetings and the whole ritual of meeting multiple different people, the anxiety that you undergo and the stress and the pressures and all of that, it was just reliving. And I just, I, I didn't go through an arranged marriage, but I yeah. watched it happen and I anticipated that in my life. I was like anxious about it. So watching this just brings back all of that trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not that arranged marriages is a trauma. The process can be traumatic. Yeah. But once you do find somebody, it can be the best match of your life. But yeah, it was just too much. And then the people they chose. Ah, oh, such idiots, such losers. I loved it because it was so stupid because there's nobody to like so you started watching it first and then you tweeted about it and you were like I think I was watching it wrong you're supposed to go in hating everybody so then I went in watching it knowing that I was gonna hate everybody and then I was just screaming at my tv the whole time because it was so stupid (laughs) I think I would have I think I would have enjoyed watching it with somebody like with, yeah. if I had watched it with you then I would have enjoyed it like I said I did go in thinking uh, okay this is going to be a dating show they're going to be sappy I don't want to go through this and I, I was so reluctant to do it in the first place so when I went and found out that they were all horrible 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 people yeah. I was like okay this confirms it and so I was like it was just such a hate watch it was it was. But That's I didn't the enjoy thing. the hate watch. Like, I do enjoy certain hate watches. This one I did not enjoy. But so go ahead. This one I enjoyed the hate watch. because. So you have to go in watching Love is Blind knowing that you are going to be cringing and getting a ton of secondhand embarrassment. Like, I yeah. got so much secondhand embarrassment watching these people. And I was just like, what are they doing? Like, I hate watching any of these shows. I hate when housewives kiss their husbands. Like, I just don't want to watch a bunch of people in real life make making out with each other. That's like my least favorite part of any reality TV show. It's just right. always uncomfortable for me. You know, like right. I just don't want to see it. There's nothing nice about it. People kissing in real life is not as beautiful or glamorous as movie stars make it. I don't want to see yeah. myself make out with it. my yeah. own husband yeah. and he's hot. People, gra- like, people grabbing other people's asses. No. Oh my God. Okay. Was, so we no, let's, that's not let's just happen. talk about the Desi couple, Abhishek and Deepthi. Do you want to just jump into that and ignore all the other couples? <laughs> well, well, the other couples were like a different kind of whatever. I feel like there's yeah. nothing unique that we're going to really say because I'm sure everyone has said it from, but like looking at it from a Daisy, right? It's yeah. like these are two Daisy people that ended up with each other. And Deepthi just reminded me of so many girls I know who are married oh to God. guys like Shake. Like yeah. I know girls that went through with that marriage and have like children right. with yeah. men like this. Yes. And guys who probably did say some shit like oh, I've never been with a Daisy girl before I only date white girls like she reminds me of my auntie oh my god can you imagine I was like did you want to fuck your auntie like what did you grab your auntie's ass yeah <laughs> The very first red flag was that he wanted you know the the fact that he wanted somebody then to yeah. Whole, you know carrying on his shoulder in a music festival that's such a specific thing like are you planning to do this all year long every day of the year 
forever. Is that what? Like, what? Are you going to go to groceries that way? Like, oh, can you get that thing on the top <laughs> shelf for me? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And also, I was expecting Shake to have like a bomb body, all this right. body shaming. He was, and then he had the pudgiest uncle body. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like skinny, skinny, and then like a a paunch, a little paunch. I'm like, and then his face, full. I know. Ew, 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 ew. And then just his face, his mannerisms, everything, everything was screaming red flag, right? Yeah. And as a daisy girl, I thought, why don't you see it? Why don't you see it right away? Because Because he's daisy. Yeah, because he's dating. So why? I don't know. I feel like in her mind, she thought to herself, he and I have a good quote unquote connection. We're bonding. We understand each other. We understand each other's perspective. So maybe this is my way of being with a Daisy guy. And I do think that there's something to say about the, it's funny, right? Like when I was growing up, the idea Mm. of an arranged marriage was like crazy. And like I did, I did not have an arranged marriage. Most people I know don't have arranged marriages. But like as we've gotten older and as as people I know are getting into relationships and stuff like younger people, there's a sudden like, I don't know, like a romanticizing of arranged marriages that's happening now. Right. It's not as stark and dark as we used to like remember it. Right. Like, yeah, it's a lot of like now thinking back at their grandparents and stuff. It's like so romantic when you talk about it. Oh, my grandfather or my parents like met for the first time on their wedding day. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because they made it work and they live this long life. And so there's this like romanticizing of this idea of falling in love with each other and never really seeing each other and all that. Right. Yeah. There's so I feel like Deep D maybe belongs to that generation of Daisies in America that have now romanticized the idea of an arranged marriage. Maybe because they have struggled with dating yeah. and they, they struggle with dating and they see their parents and the grandparents. Yes. And they're like, oh well, maybe yeah. that works, right. Right. So I feel like maybe that's why Deepthi went into it. But I think a big thing that wasn't discussed is both Deepthi and Abhishek have like a massive internalized racism, colorism issue here. Like right. both of them were very, very vocal about how they've never been with Daisy people and how they they didn't say that they date non-Daisies. They said they only date white people. Yeah. They didn't say they date black people or Hispanic people or whatever. They said they only date white people, white not even people. other yeah. Asians, right. white people. And yeah. them constantly saying, I don't feel that attraction or whatever like I do with other people it's like oh because you only like white people you only like blondes yeah that's so sad and that goes to show why they have such a hard time even physically connecting with each other because I think they they don't think that they themselves are beautiful people right oftentimes what I think you also are um daisy people oftentimes get and that's maybe true for other ethnicities in America is that white people when they date other ethnicities especially Asians and South Asians they sort of treat them like exotic and special yes and that gives the daisies it's an ego boost right oh you they treat them so special and Mm -hmm. so exotic that you know I remember when I met my husband and I introduced my husband as my boyfriend to a bunch of my school friends and colleagues and even professors everybody commented on how handsome he was 
oh, he's so good looking. He's so good looking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I was like, at one point, I was like, I know he's good looking, but is he that good looking? Like, what is happening here? And I realized that a lot of white people fetishize South Asians and Asians. Yes. Yes. And that gives an ego boost to the person being fetishized too. So I'm feeling yes. like both Shake and Aditi uh, were exotic in their other relationships and were special in their other mm-hmm. relationships. And now here they are meeting each other and neither of them is getting that from the other. Mm-hmm. And so they are like, they think that there's something wrong with the relationship. Yeah. Because they are no longer being treated as special. Yeah. Deepti is a great girl, but I think mm-hmm. she was selling herself short because I've seen a lot of my own close friends do this. Like I said, mm-hmm. I know plenty of girls married to mediocre men. I know girls who were in long-term relationships with really shitty desi guys just because they were desi guys. The standard sometimes needs to be lowered because mm-hmm. they are desi because it's like, well, at least I know this person's going to fit with my family even if they have other quirks. And yeah. so I feel like that's, it was like very obvious that it was like, oh, okay. It's like an overachieving desi girl who's gotten everything in life and done yeah. it very well and just yeah. been fantastic at everything dropping her bar down being with this yeah. mediocre daisy guy just because he's daisy but thank god she didn't get married to him so yeah when her parents cried i cried her mom was crying i started crying yeah her mom was great i was surprised also by knowing the daisy families and everything i was surprised by them agreeing to the marriage part of it because it was it was like oh okay you're going to get married and this is it that's it we're just going to have three people on this side of the aisle and three people on that side of the aisle you know a daisy wedding never happens that way <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, that was the other thing I think like that I was, was like, my that's not happening. That wedding is not happening. Yeah, one of them is saying no. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and there was somebody on Reddit who did like a, I think a producer or somebody in the crew didn't mm-hmm. ask me anything on uh, Reddit. Yeah. They said that Shake was going to be asked first and he was going to say no. And Deep D yes. was told this by the producers and they were like yeah. no make sure that you're the one that says no first yeah he wanted to make an ass out of her that was so obvious because even on the day off yeah. he was still talking about her there's no physical attraction yeah. he was building that up as if that was going to be his reason to say no right he was yeah. building that up as his reason to say no he was going to have the party anyways and they were he was going to have a reservation at nobu and blah blah right so he was his friends were they're knowing that that this is going to be a no and they were just going to party at the expense of he the was producer. just such a gross guy oh, apparently well, also producers said that he said to the guys in his conversations that deep D should be studied by medical students because of how much loose skin she has what? from losing weight because she lost like 100 wow. pounds he's a he's a piece of shit yeah there are mediocre they see guys and then there are a piece of shit they see guys, and this was a piece of shit they Yeah, see this guy. was a piece of yeah. shit they see guy. Yeah. Needless to say, I am now watching season one of Love is Blind. Oh my god, no, 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 no. We don't worry, no one needs to talk about it here, okay? Yeah. But I'm just telling you that I am watching it. Okay. Okay. And is it any different so far? It's wilder. <laughs> People said it's that season two was wilder. They said no, 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 no. Oh, really? Oh no. Oh no. There is uh, ugh, it's good. I'm only like three episodes in, so who knows? The only uh, the only person I sort of liked was Iana. And, yeah, I like uh, Diana and Jared. Yeah. I well Jared was okay. 
Yeah, he's okay. but Iana was the only he, one. Yeah, he's gonna cheat on Iana soon. But <laughs> in the mo, but in the moment, I think he meant it. I think in yeah. the moment he meant it, but I don't think he she can trust him fully. He's not. I mean, one one a flicker of eyelashes from Mallory and Jared will be there. But yeah. Iana was definitely somebody who was real and nice. And I was like, oh, no, she, why? No. But I know. Nick and Daniel deserve each other. They're, they're psychopaths. Going to, they're going, no, they're going to have, it's going to be a murder-suicide. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And somehow Shane is going to be involved in that. I don't know why, yeah. but Shane's going to be involved. He'll just oh show God. up at the wrong time, wrong place. He'll just be there, coke, coked out of his mind. Coked <laughs> out of his mind. His coke jaw was working overtime when he's standing at the <laughs> altar. I was like, who would marry this baby? He's standing. My kids know how to stand more still. <laughs> Shane like, at the first altar. First of all, Shane, wear pants your size. Your pants are so <laughs> His feet seemed really small, didn't they? His feet are small. His pants are so tight and awkward. Then he wears his jackets that are even smaller, and he looks like a he looks like Hulk trying to break out of the clothes. Uh, oh, Gary, right. you see. <laughs> he said he spent thousands of dollars on his teeth, and I was like, "You paid Aww. money to make your mouth look." like I'm trying to imagine what it looked like before, but I don't know. I know. What was the improvement there? I don't know. know. All right. Well, enough about them. Let's talk about these other psychopaths in Salt Lake City. So you listened to – you did listen to the Crappens reunion recap, right? I listened to it. I knew scene by scene by scene. Sequencing. Yeah. Sequencing of whatever. (laughs) Okay. So that really helped because then I don't need to run through exactly what happened every single scene. All you need to know is regardless of what was being discussed, at some point, the conversation turns to double standards and Lisa versus Heather. Like, it doesn't matter if they could be talking about, like, what was your favorite meal that you ate? By the end of it, Heather would be like, well, you said that your meal was that. And Lisa would be like, well, you said your meal was that. And you know what? You guys hold me to a different standard. Like, it doesn't matter. What they were talking about. Uh, so it was it just was the same always pointing. Back. It was the same pointing. I was look. I was watching the video of them coming into the reunion, and Heather was like, "We have been beating around the bush throughout the season, so I'm hoping that we will be able to say what we want to say here." So this is what they said again. It was just you. You did this to me, and you did this to me. Heather is obsessed with Lisa Barlow. It's really weird. It's really Mm -hmm. psychotic. Like she has really, she tries both seasons to get people against Lisa Barlow. And then when it doesn't work, she comes to the reunion being super anti-Lisa Barlow. And it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. Well, I do understand it. It's because Lisa clearly triggers her to her previous Mormon life. Lisa is accepted by whatever Mormon community she belongs to. And Heather got kicked out of that same Mormon community. And that's all it is. Now Heather has a whole new community, Real Housewives community. Why doesn't she just let go of that? It just doesn't make sense. Because Heather's a loser. 
But it doesn't, the proportionality of how much she dislikes Lisa doesn't match up with any of those reasons, for me at least. I feel like there's something else going on that Heather won't say or Lisa won't say, but the, that cannot be the only reason that she hates Lisa so much. I don't it's, know. It, it's it very just strange. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they first talk about Mary. They are like, why isn't Mary there? And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. But he spoke with her the other day and she said that she didn't like the way that the women were talking about her church and talking behind her back. And she was especially upset about being called a predator by Wayne. Why? Where was the cameraman and the boom mic for that conversation? (laughs) That's what I I want to know. That must have been a fascinating conversation. I know. And I'm surprised, like, why wouldn't Andy just, like, tape that? Right. Get that on camera. Something. Yeah. There better be a special of just that phone call. I I just want, like, voice, you know, the voice waves, just the sound waves of their phone calls. I just want an episode of that. Send voice notes on WhatsApp like my mom does to Andy Cohen. You know what? Send it to me. Send yeah. me send me voice notes on Instagram the way that Taria does to us. You and can sit in your will... closet. Sit in your closet. You don't even have to turn on the camera. Just send us voice notes. Exactly. So Whitney's like, I tried to talk to her. She didn't afford me the respect. I do wish she was here so we could talk about it. Heather says that she thinks that Mary is actually really wise. She had a lot of respect for Mary after watching her in the confessionals because she's really, her reads are really accurate. And Lisa's like, her reads are not accurate. And Heather's like, no, I think they're pretty accurate. She said that's because she said Lisa wasn't real, that there's nothing Mm -hmm. real about Lisa. And then of course it goes into like Lisa versus Heather and they bicker back and forth. But she, Mary also called all of them in bread exactly that's the other thing (laughs) i'm like heather are you inbred what is that yeah heather also says this really strange thing which is she wanted mary there she's upset that mary's not there because mary should be there to defend meredith meredith needs a friend right now and meredith was mary's ride or die and she says that she's upset for meredith and i was like okay well if you know that meredith is in need of a friend might i suggest maybe you could be meredith's friend like it what the hell, this is like This is like Meredith telling everybody she will never talk to Jen. She doesn't want Jen in her presence. But then telling Lisa and Heather and all of them to be there for Jen. Because Jen yes. needs help. Oh my it's God. very strange. It's the same thing. I, I didn't understand when Meredith did that. And I don't understand when Heather does this. It's, yes. it's weird. And then Andy starts with Jen Shaw. And he basically, all he says is like, you have these charges against you. What's going on? And she's like, I'm devastated. And then she very quickly turns turns to like but I watched everything on the show go down in real time like the rest of the world and it was really upsetting but if I had seen everything that happened in Vale if I knew what was actually said in Vale I would have flipped the bus to Zion that's a beautiful master class deflection of not even addressing the legal issue and just addressing the uh, the Television drama in the, in the yeah, just addressing the sprinter, sprinter van drama. She just yeah. deflected. She didn't talk about her legal stuff. That's beautiful. And then they kind of talk about her upcoming trial. And Andy literally goes, okay, let's move on to something lighter. I was like, oh, what? Wow. Wow. We didn't talk about the legal stuff at all. Oh, wow. They did so much more with Erica. I know. So maybe it'll happen. This is a fucking yeah. three parts, by the way. So it oh might be the God. third part. Okay. You might even okay. be back from India by the time this game show finishes. <laughs> <laughs> so then they talk about Jen's apology tour. And Jen says that there's a double standard. 
This is count number one for double standards. Jen says there's a double standard and she needs to apologize the most more than anybody else on the cast. She's like, you know, I I apologize to this person, that person. Andy asked Heather, like, do you take, think her apologies are genuine? She said a lot of really terrible things about you. She called you Shrek and all this stuff. And Heather's like, well, I forgive Jen for calling me Shrek because I know it's just like a bad joke, but I just like really enjoy my time with Jen. And I was like, okay, that's fucking weird. But then she forgives Jen for calling her Shrek, but then like in the same sentence, somehow start like going at Lisa for insinuating that Heather looks like a Lego figure. Well, so I I missed <laughs> I don't understand. I missed that. I missed her. <laughs> I missed Lisa calling Heather a leg a Lego. And I don't know. It wasn't on I... it wasn't on the show. It was oh, okay. in Texas's to Andy Angie. Oh, oh, oh. So she apparently Angie apparently called Heather a Lego figure, and I think Lisa laughed about it. So first, Heather brings that up. Because, okay, so let's just, again, focus on the deflection and, like, the way these women maneuver to change every fight to being against Lisa. Right. Heather says, forgive Jen about Jen calling her names. Lisa Mm. kind of, like, like, scuffs at it. She kind of was like, And then Heather says, and Lisa has called me worse. She called me a Lego figure. And Lisa's like, I didn't do that. That was Angie. And then Heather says, and also, you called your best friend of 10 years a garbage whore liar. And then she repeats that thing of like, a fucking garbage human whore liar trash box. Whatever it is that Lisa said, she repeats it five or six times where Lisa's Lisa just has to shut up, say nothing, because that's what Heather does. Regardless of what's being yeah. discussed, she somehow turns the conversation to like, Lisa is a bad person. Mm. And Lisa's like, well, you've said a lot of stuff about me too. And then Heather says, the real Lisa Barlow I know is the girl that was like calling her best friend all these names. So interesting uh, fact, both the Shrek movies and the Lego movies made almost exactly the same amount of money so it's not even like i just google that it's even not even like one made more money than the other so it's like heather oh, should be dollar, upset oh, about being called shrek it's like 468 million in up so lego made 468 million of worldwide and shrek made 441 million oh so, a little like, lower Little yeah. lower. <laughs> Little lower. Twenty million dollars. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's the same damn thing. It's so stupid. And the thing is, they bicker, Heather and Lisa bicker, 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 and then like it'll like cut to commercial. It comes back and we're on like a different topic. <laughs> it's so weird. What? Then they talk about Meredith and Jen. Yeah. And they asked Meredith, you know, what happened with you and Jen because Jen had apologized to you Mm -hmm. what happened that made you flip and suddenly be like so negative towards Jen and Meredith turns into you know like all season every time Meredith would get mad I'd be like she she looks like a mom she looks like a mom like a mom getting mad like even in the very first episode where she's like making holla with her family and like yelling at Lisa about Jen there's this like Jewish mother of four energy about Meredith Mm -hmm. that I absolutely adore And that really starts to happen. She starts getting really emotional. Yeah. She says first, Jen, my goal with you today is to get to a peaceful place. And I'm sorry if I said anything to hurt your family. And then she starts to cry. And she says, I'm getting verklempt. (laughs) 
that is so perfect. It's like such a perfect Jewish mom line. Like it was just amazing. I appreciated it so much. I was like, give me more of that, Heather. I mean, give me more of that, Meredith. I want to know that, Meredith. I want to know the narrative. A Jewish mom using Yiddish phrases, you know? Yes, that's what I want. I want that because we don't get to see that enough. Since Jill Darren left, we don't get to see enough of it. It's even even Heather Dubrow doesn't bring that as much. No. I need that. I need that. (laughs) I need that that, like that like frustrated Jewish mother energy. Right. Because it's it's so And it's so, for me, and for me, it's the closest thing to a Daisy mom. Yes, yes. Because that's exactly what, how Daisy moms are. Yeah. So she tells us that there was a lot of stuff going on last winter Uh when she was filming. She said that was just like making her lose it. The way that her father passed was actually super sad. It was during COVID and she couldn't see him in person. She said the last time she saw him was through a glass on FaceTime. Because of COVID, they couldn't properly bury him. So, you know, all this stuff with the memorial and what day, whatever. She said it was all a disaster. And like she couldn't figure out how to bury him because of COVID. She was fighting with her own family. She was fighting with her sister. She had a nephew with mental health issues. She said that there was a lot of stuff going on in her life. And so all of her reactions were amplified. She admits that she was being completely erratic and crazy, but that's because she was just like going through grief. Yeah, that explains the heavy medication. That explains the bathtub in veil. Yes. That explains, yeah, like that explains avoiding the sprinter van. <laughs> for all you know like if you are surrounded by drama at all times you don't want to get into more drama exactly and you know jen actually gets it jen is like i get it completely because that's why i was acting crazy last season it's because Mm -hmm. of all the grief that i was going through with the death of my father and being alone Mm -hmm. and all this stuff meredith also says i actually think based on what i know that jen was going through last year and based Mm -hmm. on the information even this year that jen was being fed by the other Mm -hmm. women after watching the show she's like i actually think jen was pretty nice to me yeah so they seem to have a very civil very empathetic conversation with each other but of right. course, Lisa Barlow, not uh, buying it. Oh, not I thought it, it would be Heather. I thought it no. would be Heather who interjects. No, Lisa Barlow is not buying it. She is huffing and she's puffing. She is not. She does not like it that they are being simple because to Lisa, each other. Yeah, Lisa is upset that Heather would uh, forgive Jen, but not forgive her for her rent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So she immediately makes it about herself. She's mm-hmm. like, I've been in the middle of the Jen versus Meredith thing. I'm not buying this kumbaya. And then she starts talking about the shit that she said to Meredith. Mm-hmm. I think what she's trying to say, and I don't I don't know what she was trying to say. I don't know if it was like weird editing, but she's mm-hmm. upset about them not getting along. Lisa is not buying. One, she's not buying that Jen and Meredith are getting along. But two, she's also like, you know, it's kind of like the same thing where Meredith got upset that Lisa said that nobody had has my back. Mm-hmm. I think Lisa now got upset that Meredith was like so emotional because it makes Lisa look bad to people that mm-hmm. Meredith was going through something all by herself. And Lisa and Lisa knew, and then Lisa still said all that shit. Her. Yeah, said yeah. all that shit. Yeah, and then she starts to cry and says, "I need to be perfect all the time. I'm held to a different bar." And everybody's like, "Huh." And then they cut to commercial and come back and don't even talk about that. What? (laughs) It makes no sense. 
Okay. And then we get an entire Jenny segment. Now, did you hear about the disclaimer in the beginning of the episode? Yeah. So what was the disclaimer that this was done before anything came out? Yes. But that doesn't excuse them from not re-editing it. They had enough time to re-edit it, right? Yes, because this Jenny segment was maddening. It was in. Same. They talk to Jenny about being an immigrant woman of color. They bring up Mary's like racially insensitive comments. And Jenny mm-hmm. has the fucking balls to say she's a minority and I'm a minority and we're supposed to support each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> Minority lives matter all of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden, right? Mm -hmm. And then they start to really grill Meredith about giving Mary a pass all the Mm -hmm. time. And they're mm-hmm. always talking about, they think that Meredith doesn't keep Mary in her place, essentially. And Meredith is like, mm-hmm. I'm not her keeper. Like, I don't control that. And Jenny's like, you know, when we went to the spa, Mary said that she didn't want to be my friend or she didn't want to talk to me. You should have said something. Meredith mm-hmm. is like, I don't have to say anything. I don't have to say anything. And maybe I didn't because you've been attacking me all season and you've made mm-hmm. all these comments about me. You made all these judgments about me. Apparently, during the ice fishing scene, when Jenny says, I've known Meredith for a little while and Meredith tends to ice people out meredith says on the show she goes at the reunion she goes you knew me for a week how well could you have known me for you to say something like that mm-hmm. and then we also find out that jenny's husband gifted seth used golf balls as a birthday present while also <laughs> being so angry that mary would give her old shoes as a present mm. jenny has nothing to say so she does that really fucking annoying thing where she's like are you done are you done are you done talking? And then has like literally nothing to say. She's just a, yeah. a fucking flop. She's such a flop. Oh, she and Dewey. Dewey is a bigger flop than her. They yeah. just both deserve each other. And I feel sad for the kids. That's all. That's all I'm yeah. going to say is that I feel sad for her wonderfully gifted daughter who is going to have to live with this. Oh. Yeah. Also during the Jenny segment, no surprise, Heather makes a point to point out that she thinks that Lisa manipulates Jenny into fighting Jenny's battles and they call Jenny Lisa's minion. Yeah, but Heather, we all saw the video. You were the one pushing her Jenny to go fight with uh, Mary. So doesn't even come up. There's not much, to be honest, other than the beginning where Jenny and Lisa introduces Jenny and has some scenes with her. I didn't see a lot of Jenny and Lisa scenes. Did you? Yep. No. I didn't see that. So what is Heather talking about? Exactly. Mm. In fact, the other way around, Heather, Whitney is Heather's minion. Heather yeah. keeps winding her up to go and have these stupid fights. Yes, 100%. They asked Lisa, I just really like this because it was so funny the way Lisa answered. They asked Lisa, does it surprise you to see Meredith so tolerant of Mary's ignorance? Mm -hmm. And Lisa Bartlett does a hilarious thing where she closes her eyes and says, Mm -hmm. that's a great question, Andy. Let me think about how I want to answer this. (laughs) (laughs) Jen Shaw's like, it's a yes or no. It's a yes or no. I don't don't know. It's a yes or no. And then, of course, Lisa says she was shocked that Meredith wouldn't be more vocal considering that she knows Meredith well and she knows that Meredith thinks, like, that's unacceptable behavior to say, like, racially insensitive things. And when she says that, of course, they cut to Heather and Heather whispers to Whitney, this is bullshit. Because Heather's obsessed with the fact that, you know, Lisa and Meredith are being civil with each other. Heather and Whitney truly backed the wrong horse. When they picked Jenny over Mary. (laughs) They really did. They really did. What a flop. 
Okay, but then you want to hear the most insane part of this conversation about Mary and Jenny and everything? What? They're talking about the black scent. They're talking about how obviously there's something going on between Jenny and Mary. They try Mm. to call out Jenny about her black scent. She said that she doesn't have a black scent. She grew up in Long Beach and that's just how she talks. Mm -hmm. And nobody says anything. Jen Shaw certainly doesn't say anything because Jen Shaw uses a black scent. They ask about like Jenny, you know, why did you throw a glass at Mary? You were Mm -hmm. pretty violent at Mary. Mm -hmm. And she says, I didn't throw a glass at Mary. I threw it on the floor. If I wanted to hit Mary, it would have. (gasps) Violently racist. That's why we call her. That's why you and I call her violently racist. If she could hurt Mary, she would have hurt Mary. Oh my God. Yes, it gets worse. Heather out of nowhere says, I think there's something in Mary that is racist. And Andy says, Mary did tell me that she doesn't think black people are capable of being racist. Which I'm like, Andy, why would you say that in a room full of yeah. uh, non- non-black black people? people? First of all, why are you discussing racism in, in the context of the black woman who's not in the room? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when Andy says that, Jenny says, yes, they are. Everyone is capable of being racist. True statement. True statement, Jenny. Spoken from personal experience of being an absolute fucking racist. And then they take a break. No one says anything else. And then they go to a completely different topic after the commercial. Now I feel your pain. Now I feel your pain. You understand why I would rather watch 10 episodes of Love is Blind? Yes. Well, no. But (laughs) I think they're equally bad. Uh, No, I still wouldn't watch it again. That Oh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> but no, that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. Like the one time Andy actually brings up racism, it's calling a black woman racist and mm-hmm. not doing that when she's not present to defend herself. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, uh, was the move. that was the move they went with. I was like, what's the point of your disclaimer in the beginning of this episode? Why didn't you edit this entire fucking segment out? Why even give Jenny that much of a platform? They could have had... A, one or two scenes of Jenny. Hey, Jenny, you ate the snacks in the sprinter van. And hey, Jenny, your husband wanted a sister wife. And that would have been it. Why yeah. even bring this up? Exactly. There's literally no reason for it. Wow. I know. Wow, bravo, Bethany, wow. Bravo, you piece of shit, bravo. Yeah. Seriously, they never learn. They never learn. Then they talk about basically Lisa Barlow the rest of the time, if they weren't already. They ask the ladies, is Lisa Barlow the pot stir in the group? Everybody raises their hand. Jen actually says it's Lisa and Whitney. Mm-hmm. And Meredith said she raised her hand because she was played a fool. And then Lisa said, so was I. And then provides no follow-up. They're like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I'll get there. And like says nothing else. She's like, yeah, that's that's the third part. <laughs> <laughs> Then they talk about the catering fight, which is so stupid, but, like, Lisa brings evidence. Oh, my God. They they actually talk about it? They do. Lisa, only because Lisa brings evidence of text messages, and as Andy is reading the text messages, they show Lisa, and she's mouthing along with Andy. (laughs) (laughs) That is why I like Lisa so much. That's like, (laughs) that's like, that's like her having her son, you know, fresh wolf. And he's doing his promos and she's standing in the corner, mouthing the words. <laughs> yeah. That's such yeah. mom. That's such mom energy. Oh, my God. Yes. I love Lisa Barlow. 
I know. So then they talk about the stupid catering fight. It doesn't really go anywhere. They're like, why would you try to sabotage Angie's event? It turns out it was because it was the first event at filming. And Mm. then it's Lisa versus Bad Weather. They're just like yap, yap, yapping at each other. The inbred polygamy cousin comment is brought up for no reason at all. There's no point to the fight. It's just like stupid. But while they're like bickering back and forth, right, about the catering fight, Meredith interjects with another question. She goes, I have something to say. Lisa, on casino night, when you ran into this problem with Angie, do you feel I had your back? Yeah. And Lisa is like, yes, I do. And then Mer- Meredith goes into like her lawyer mode. She just almost like she goes, no further questions. <laughs> back, right? And then Lisa continues to go fighting with bad weather. It's <laughs> so funny. It's just so funny. It's like it's like Meredith is like asleep and then she wakes up and she's like, ah, here's a point for me to ask. Am I your friend? I, I am. So. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> That's like it's almost as if she has Brooks in her ear, like telling her, okay, wake up. Now's the point. Now's the time that you make your point. It's so okay. stupid. And she's like, oh. he's like, engage now, disengage now. <laughs> yeah. He's like off on, off on. He has like a switch. <laughs> And then, like, the Angie fight is brought up for way too long for somebody who is not even on the show. Like, usually they roll out a friend of. They didn't even do that with Angie. Do you think think they kept that segment because maybe Angie is coming next year? I don't know. Mary Mary isn't? It's possible. They went, like, on and on about Angie. Turns out Heather and Whitney are now best friends with Angie. They were, like, celebrating her birthday and they were on a yacht. And so Heather's like, Angie's husband paid for the yacht. Unlike you, you just go on yachts and pose on them. Lisa's response. But you are the mooch. You're going on Angie's yacht. This is like so weird too. This is such a weird flex. This is such a weird flex. And then Lisa, her only comment to that, because they're talking about Angie's husband paying for stuff and Lisa just pretends. Lisa's like, are you insulting John Barlow? <laughs> I was like, very, very close. It was very close to being like, I'm so glad Juan Dixon is in here right now. I don't know what it was. It just like cracked me up. Oh my God. It was just so funny. How dare you? How dare you insult John Barlow? He's a saint. <laughs> And then, he and then, like, it so much. And then they both like yap, yap, yap at each other. It cuts to commercial. They come back to a different topic. <laughs> Again. Oh my that's god! All he did. Jen's assistant stuff is brought up on camera. Like they that that's brought up at the reunion. Like why did that Lisa was not even up? part? That was not even part of the show. Why barely? Barely the show. They ask Lisa, why did you bring up to Jen on camera the stuff about Jen's assistant? Was it to make Whitney look bad? Because it was the whole topic was Whitney is receiving gifts from this assistant of yours who you are no longer talking to. So Mm -hmm. were you asking Jen on camera about the assistant because you wanted to make Whitney look bad? Or was it out of genuine concern for Jen? And somehow, again, this turns into Lisa talking about how she wants to know why she's being held to a different standard. 
I'm, I'm like, drop it. That's the fight that all these women keep having with each yeah. other. It's like, you all hold me to a different standard. And it's so stupid. Then they asked Lisa why Jen wasn't invited to the Fresh Wolf event, but Whitney was. Mm-hmm. And Lisa's like, it's because I wanted Whitney to see another side of me as a mom. It was an olive branch. She didn't invite Jen because after the assistant was brought up mm-hmm. on camera, yeah. after yeah. they were done filming, Jen called up Lisa and like screamed at her and yelled at her. Henry heard it. He Mm. was upset. She was crying. And Mm. she was, she started crying. She starts, Lisa, of course, also starts crying. She's like, I love Jen Shaw, as controversial as it is. And Jen is like, Well, you don't have to say controversial. I'm sick of disclaimers when it comes to my name. And that's it. And then they cut. And I have a feeling, guess what? Next week they're gonna open up. It's gonna be a whole new topic. Whole new topic. It was so weird. Like uh, it was uh, horrible. It's so it's Salt Lake City this year has been so completely bonkers, so completely disjointed that the disjoint in itself has become the funny, the comedy here. Yes, like how poorly edited it is, how poorly produced it is to some extent has become the storylines and the random fights and the walkouts and everything. It's just, and the one continued fight of whether Meredith had a memorial or not, of Meredith is the FBI or not, which is, it's just so weird and bizarre. And that's what they ran with. So Uh, bizarre. They're so stupid. And the fact that Jen and her legal issues are not at all addressed. Jen looks like she's having a great time. It's bonkers. It's almost like Heather... Heather is such a ride or die for Jen. It almost feels like Heather was like, don't worry, we don't have to talk about your legal issues because I'll make sure anytime any topic comes up, I'll just go after Lisa Barlow. Oh, my God. The only really gem that Lisa dropped was that apparently Heather had a DUI. And then I was online. I saw that this was like 10 years ago. Yeah. And that it was a DUI because she had alcohol in her system, but also had prescription drugs. Yeah. In her system, but then she had a prescription for it or whatever, and then it finally got dropped. So it's a non-issue. Yeah, but you know, yeah. these dodo birds going to be yapping at each other. Stupid. 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 Do you want to know what happened on Summer House? Yes. I saw the clip of Kyle giving a speech and I fell asleep. I'm so glad you saw that. I did not know where that was coming from and I did not know where it was going. You know what? I think that that's probably how everybody else felt too while watching (laughs) it. (laughs) Because the thing that we open back up on is this bomb that quote-unquote bomb that Daniel drops on Paige and Sierra about Kyle and what he said about Amanda, that the only thing they have in common is Loverboy. And the rest of, like, I'd say half of this episode is them being like, how do we tell her? How do we tell her? Are we going to tell her? We need to be cool. We need to tell her. The next morning, they actually do sit and talk to her about it. It's all the women of the house, except Lindsay, because she's not there, together. And they tell her, like, look, it's really obvious that Kyle seems, like, really frustrated when he's here, and he vents a lot to us. And Paige is like, I don't want it to sound to you like we're all gossiping about you, so we're just going to tell you what Kyle said. And we just want to make sure you're happy. Like, are you happy? Are you okay? And Amanda's like, it's the pandemic. You know, things are just tough. But like, it's fine. I know he cares about me. He can just be an asshole sometimes. And Maya says, I've been in your shoes. And I just want you to know that like, it's hard to leave. But you don't have to sacrifice your own feelings 
because of this person. Yeah. And they're actually all the girls together when they have a conversation is always a better idea than like when poor Lindsay gets like roped into being the only person who has anything to say, you know? Right. So they really yeah. tell her like, we're not telling you, you need to make a decision about marrying him. We're not saying that we're against Kyle because we love Kyle. But what we're saying mm. is that you're both miserable and yeah. like, you need to figure that out. Right. And so Amanda does this thing that when people try to come tell her that from a very Kyle is a good guy, but we are worried about you and maybe you guys are not the right thing for each other. That kind mm-hmm. of a perspective. Amanda will not complain about Kyle. She'll, she'll support him and she'll say Correct. he's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Because in that sense, she cannot play a victim, but it's like, she will shift in that situation. She, and that's basically what she does. She starts crying and then Kyle comes out because he's nosy as hell and he sees all the women sitting around. So he clearly knows it's something about him. Yeah. He's, he's like, maybe I'm out of, maybe I'm out of this. Maybe I got an out. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah, so they maybe they're him. convincing her to dump me because Kyle doesn't want to dump her. He wants to be dumped. So he doesn't, he doesn't. They both want to play the victim. They both want to play the victim. That's the problem. So the girls tell him straight up what they they were talking about and Kyle just says like look we have just like a lot on our plate and we're having a hard time finding time to do anything else and Paige is like I just want you to know that getting married isn't going to take these problems away so like yeah. it's easier to just like postpone it than it is to undo it so like maybe yeah. just take a pause and Kyle's like I like absolutely want to marry her but it's yeah. just that sometimes when you're in a relationship for a really long time you add this like brutal honesty that can sometimes be hurtful. Yeah. And they're like, hey, like we support you guys. Just like be happier. Work on being happier, right? Yeah. And Amanda and Kyle then have an aside. And she's like, why are you saying hurtful things about me and venting to Danielle? Like that's not cool. And guess what? Kyle does exactly what Amanda needs, which is he starts to cry. Oh. He feels bad. And then they hug it out. And it's the only way to get Amanda happy is when Kyle is crying. Yeah. When Kyle is miserable and feeling like shit, she feels good. Exactly. And then they also have like another scene where they're like hidden in the closet and he's like crying to her and they're both sobbing together. They're such a fucking mess. It's so gross. Yeah. So that speech you saw is Kyle has a midweek birthday party instead of at the Hamptons. Carl throws him like a little birthday party and everybody, including Everett, comes. Everett! Oh my god! You know if Everett is coming, we're going to get a bunch of Lindsay's greatest hits against Everett, where she's like, I'm going to go and sleep with him in his bed. (laughs) (laughs) Everett and Lindsay's relationship was the the funnest roller coaster that... Like, like they were miserable too, but they made the misery fun to watch. Exactly, yes. And um, it turns out Everett is getting engaged and he shows like Lindsay the ring and stuff. And Lindsay has such a positive reaction because she's in such a good place. You know why? Uh Because earlier in the episode, Lindsay goes, she says she wants to freeze her eggs because she wants to remove the biological clock factor from like her decision on who to settle with, right? On like partners. So she did a bunch of blood work and the blood work showed that she had 28 year old eggs. (gasps) Oh! Wow. Lin- this is okay. Wait, first of all, the fact that she has eggs that are 28 years old, just tell the, the, the kind of things that this would happen to Lindsay, of course. This is like Ramona being 60 and having the body of a 35 year old, right? The, the way she, this is why Lindsay needs to be on The Real Housewives. 
Yeah. So she's just got like a pep in her step. She doesn't even Aww. care that Everett is like showing I'm this so engagement for his girlfriend because she's like, I have 28 year old eggs. So it's fine. I am so happy for her. Oh my God. That's awesome news. <laughs> yeah. Make a few embryos and freeze them, uh, Lindsay, right now with Carl. Yeah, I, I hope that's what they're doing. That would be awesome. Kyle at this party has too many drinks and makes a speech. And because I know you really enjoyed me writing Kyle's thoughts last time, I wrote down the whole speech for please, you. Please, <laughs> please. First and foremost... Thank you guys for coming out. It's been a fucking crazy year. I want all my friends to come out, all my best friends. You guys are like my family. I just want to say there's been a lot of opinions and judgments about our relationship. And Amanda's like, hey, it's your birthday. (laughs) Kyle is like, no, no, I I know. Listen, there have been questions. There has been some doubt. All I'm saying is like, until you've lived with your significant other and work with your significant other and plan like three wedding dates and kept the excitement alive. And Amanda's like, babe. <laughs> and then Kyle's like, I just want to get to like, I just, I just want to like point at this point, I don't need the peanut gallery. And Am- of course, <laughs> Amanda reacts with like, Kyle. <laughs> and Kyle says, I need people rallying, not questioning, loyal support right through the wedding. And then Amanda says, okay, that was not a birthday speech. And then she walks away from him. And then he's like, I know, I know. Like, it's not, I just, I need to, she doesn't let me speak. And then that's the end of the episode. Why isn't, why isn't anybody tackling him down and telling him, knock it off? Shut up. And why, Carl, Carl needs to step up and shut up Kyle. But also, Amanda, you could have hijacked the speech from him and told him how great he is, how awesome he is, and happy birthday, instead of acting like, again, a victim and walking away from Kyle. And making it all all about herself again. It's just... The flow of this was that Kyle complained to Danielle about being miserable in his relationship. Then Danielle talked to the other girls about it who decided it's probably important to talk to Amanda about this. Kyle then made himself a victim. He didn't take any ownership for what he did, what he said to Danielle. Instead, he made himself the victim by being like, oh, now everybody's talking about my relationship. No, you talked about your relationship and then everybody continued to talk about your relationship. That is on you. That's not on anybody else. Yeah. But also, it's not a secret. You guys are yelling and crying in the house in front of everybody. (laughs) It's not like it's happening behind closed doors and nobody knows about it. Everybody can see it. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing um, that happened on this episode is that Craig is texting with Paige and she tells him that she kissed Andrea and then he gets really mad at her. He calls her and he like yells at her basically and is like, I can't come visit you. I don't like it. And then he hangs up the phone and she starts sobbing. Like Paige is hysterically crying about Craig. And then during the week, she realizes that she was probably crying this much because she really likes him a lot. And Craig was that upset because he really likes her a lot. So they both kind of come to the agreement that they should just be exclusive with each other. And like if they're going to be getting this upset, that means that they are not able to be like, cool, no strings attached. Sometimes we hook up friends like they should just be together. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's how Craig and Paige happened. Oh, my God. That's another disastrous toxic 100%. Yeah. That's going to go down the drain. Totally. Carl goes on a date 
And I was just like, why am I watching this? Can you just like fast forward to the part where you fall in love with Lindsay? I know. I don't care about this. Like, I I don't want to watch girl on dates with other people. And guess what? The girl that he went on a date with is like a Love Island girl. Oh. Which is like another one of those trash shows that you would hate, but I would probably love. Yeah, I would hate that one too. (laughs) I hate anything to do with love. (laughs) Relationship. (laughs) So sad. I don't like it. I don't like it. I it's uh I don't even know how to explain why I hate those kinds of shows. I just do. The last of that kind of show that I liked was uh Brett Michaels and Flavor of Love and all oh, of those Oh yeah, of course, because those were like that, ridiculous. That was ridiculous and those I could tolerate and I could watch and, and I don't watch anything that does not make me laugh, okay? None of these shows make me laugh. That's it. That's the reason I don't like it. There's no humor in all of this. Yeah. There's a lot of cringe. There's a lot of STDs. And I don't want that. I'm laughing the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You enjoy it. I don't. It just tires. It tires the mom in me. I'm like, oh, my God. What idiots. Maybe maybe that's. Maybe that's the difference. Like, once you're menopausal, that's what happens. Like, you start hating all of these shows. You know Shannon hates Love Island. Oh, 100%. 100%. Shannon hates Love Island. Shannon, Vicky, all those women. Oh, yeah. Get a job. Get a Dur- job. You know, Dorinda surprised Dorinda hates it. No. Dorinda hates it, too. Unless they're shilling her Blue Manor bourbon, she hates them, too. Unless there's an angle to it, Dorinda hates it. But you know, Ramona loves those love shows. Ramona loves. <laughs> Ramona thinks she could be. Ramona thinks she could be part of that. She could probably go there in her in her bright yellow bikini and just you know and her, her macrame cover up and her blue noodle noodle and just swim around the pool. Uh. Uh. They should do a Love is Blind, except it's just Housewives on the other side. See, now that I would watch, because that's, that would be hilarious. Would you imagine get being the, a boy? Get all the single housewives, get all the single housewives. I'm just imagining one of the guys walking into a pod on Love is Blind, and the other side of the pod is just like, Hi. <laughs> Jill, what are you doing here? Crashing Scary Island. <laughs> or if Vicky was on, she'd be like, what do you do? You have a job? Do you have a job? Do you work? Do you have insurance? Do you have insurance? How old are you? Do you have insurance? Did you buy enough insurance? Oh my God, that would be awesome. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That would be no, that would be so hilarious and funny. Somebody needs to like make the sketch. And it's yeah. It's probably gonna be like, I don't know, somebody on SNL or something and oh, I'm gonna that be here would with be my awesome. thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. Well that's it. This is so much fun. I'm glad I'm glad I'm calling in and you're telling me all this because <laughs> now I don't feel I don't feel left out. I don't feel like I am not there. And then I will, I don't feel the stress, the stress that was creeping up my neck with the back of my neck was that I have to watch all this when I get back home. But no, now you I don't. probably don't. Not at all. Did you listen to the Patreon episode yet from this week, from Sunday? Yes. Yes. You guys were so high. Raheel was like, wait, is this done yet? Like, he was like so tired. He was like, are we done? Are we done? Because I cannot keep my thoughts together. Are we done? <laughs> 
That was so hilarious. There was like a long pause, and he was like, "Are we done? Is this over yet?" <laughs> there was a long pause, and he goes, "Huh?" <laughs> I was yeah. like, "You're so high." <laughs> yeah, we were stoned. So go check that yeah. out, everyone. We yeah, covered so uh, the Amsterdam episode, Beast. How do you have to? You have to have him cover a Potomac episode. I want his view on Karen Huger. So the next episode that we're doing on the Patreon is the butter knife fight. It's called Ooh. Sex Lies and Butter Knives. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. He would. He love he that. agreed. He agreed just based on the name of the episode. <laughs> But also, see the other sh- the other shows. He had watched a little bit of it, so he knew some of the women. Yeah. He but Potomac this one is... he doesn't. He hasn't watched at all. So no. this is like a brand new thing. He's going to be asking so many questions about who's who, what's happening. Hundred percent. He is going to be in love with Ashley Darby. Oh, really? I can tell already. Yeah. And he's going to be so mad that she's with Michael. He's going to fall in love with. Giselle as a housewife. Yes. 100%. I don't think he's going to be Team Karen. I think he's going to be Team Giselle. Yes, probably. Yeah. Well, that guys, that's it for this episode. We will talk to you on Saturday. Bye. Bye. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Adedokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also my unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success, and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. 